You're listening to the Great to Greater podcast with Tiffany Rufino, where we talk about all things business and life. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed your holidays and you had a safe holiday. Uh, one of the first coming up in this season, although Halloween should be considered really the kickoff of fall and winter and the seasons. But welcome back. This is Tiffany Rufino. You're here with us uh, with Great to Greater. And I am here with you because I didn't come up with anything clever. So I'm just going to point <laughs> and say, it's you. <laughs> well, it'll be it'll be worth it. The trade-off is the topic. Okay, I yes. Guess. Um, let's just jump right in. Okay, so as usual, this has become my trend is that we plan one topic and then last minute I'm like, aha, we're going to talk about something else instead. Gotcha. Part of me has this uh, fascination with public relations and PR that there's like a pull there. And I think it's a combination of uh, a secret passion I have for marketing, but also the passion I have for sociology, psychology and people. And I think the combination of the two uh, is is fascinating. So when it comes to public relations, the role there is to speak on behalf of an organization, a person, a, a entity or, you know, whatever needs to be done um, for certain events, situations that are occurring a situation that has occurred that has been dug up, whatever have popped up in the news that might shed either a positive light or a negative light on um, the the topic or the entity or whoever the public relations person is representing. Right? We're good so far? Perfect. I'm uh, following 100%. Are you? Are you following the bouncing ball? Yeah, you got it. <laughs> so with that being said, uh, you know, you think about... Maybe like this, the, um, I, I can't remember her name. You know her name because you're great with politics. But who speaks at the press conferences for the White House? Um, <clears throat> Karine Jean-Pierre. said that very well with that accent. Jean-Pierre. Jean-Pierre. I didn't take French in school. I took Italian. But I always liked how uh, the language sounded. Anywho, so when you watch those um, press conferences, a lot of times Karine's job is way more intense than, you know, uh, like a celebrity public relations person, right? Because this is information that she has to share about the world and also make sure that um, the president's reputation is staying, if not neutral, more positive, you know, with the way that the reporters might spin questions or might spin stories when they ask questions of her in public and, and that sort of thing. So right now, the big story in... Like the celebrity side, I would say, or like the fashion side is the Balenciaga story. Are you familiar? Um, I, I'm slightly familiar. I, I know. I think I know. You know what happens is like in the morning when we're doing our, whether it's crossword, Wordle, what reading news, etc. I'll see certain headlines and I'll just like zoop past them. So zoop? Did did you say zoop or zoop? Yeah. Pick one. I don't. I don't know. I don't know which what I intended to say there. But um, I'll see a headline or I'll see a, a thumbnail, and that is the extent of my knowledge. Like if it's not something that that immediately jumps out at me, I'll ask you about it later. <laughs> or if it's in the crossword and you're like, "What's the name of that fashion yeah. company?" That <laughs> or OPI always comes up for the nail polish. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Um, don't get me started on crosswords. <laughs> 
So Valenciaga has created a name for themselves where they do like footwear, handbags, accessories, clothing, uh, more runway fashion. They've been around for over 100 years, 103 years to be exact, started in 1919 in Spain um, by Cristobal Valenciaga. I'm probably not saying that right. They now reside in Paris and um, Demna is the creative director for this organization and Cedric uh, Charbit, I'm probably saying this wrong, so I apologize, is the CEO. Okay. Now, what happened was, is that recently their latest ad came out and it was, it depicted uh, a young child. Uh, I don't remember the age. I'm not sure if it was specified. I would say if I had to guess, maybe three or four years old. Okay, and this three or four year old um, child was standing on a bed dressed in clothes. Um, the clothing didn't have a Balenciaga label. I'm not sure if it was clothing made by Balenciaga. I would assume so. Was it like Oshkosh? It kind of looked like that. You know, it was, I mean, the child was all covered up, right? Okay. And um, they were standing on the bed as though they were going to, like, you know, like how little kids do right before they jump, you know, but expressionless. Um, there were a couple of pillows on the bed that had a pillowcase that had the name of the company. And I think the child was holding up like a newspaper article or standing on a newspaper article that was already controversial. Um, I haven't, nobody that I have seen has really depicted what the article says unless you zoom in like super, super, super close. And I haven't been able to do that even with my readers. <laughs> um, the biggest problem uh, out of this whole thing is that the child was holding a teddy bear that was dressed in provocative uh, uh, like S&M clothing or S&M style m materials, like stuff that uh, children and probably a lot of people should not be exposed to, right? When I first saw the ad, it was just kind of like you said, like how we kind of just flip through a website and you see a picture and you're just like, oh, hmm. like, I think my eyes were drawn to the pillowcases because the, while the picture was colorful, the pillowcases were in black and white. So the pillowcase had a black background and Balenciaga was written in white all across it, you know, just like multiplied. And I just, you know, didn't think anything of it. And I didn't even pay attention to the rest of the photo. And I think a lot of the problem with that is that I didn't know what they were advertising when I had to go back to it because of the story. And so when people started saying, you know, what the heck is going on with this bear and this kid and like, why is it, what's going on? I'm like, wait, what? There was a kid in the photo? Like, <laughs> let me go back and look. That's how oblivious I was. Granted, it was probably early in the morning. Anywho. So I go back and I look and I'm like, wow, yeah, that's a huge problem. Um, but also, what were they trying to sell? Like, what was the message here? What? I get that people want to be art and they want to create controversy. I mean, you and I both grew up in New York and, you know, around the museums and the different pop-up museums that would come up and shows and like pop-up, uh, like Broadway that would happen in the middle of nowhere or break dance. Like I, and I think about like the eighties and studio 54 and like all this other stuff that, you know, is very risque. This did not hit that mark at all. And I have no idea what they are trying to sell. You know, <clears throat> I've, I've thought about, um, like, I'm, I don't really have as much of a passion in PR and marketing and that kind of stuff. But 
sometimes I do question things like, and it's it's not just in fashion, it's in advertising in general. I'm sure everybody there knows what they're doing in to some degree. Um, but well, clearly like, over here, they had no clue. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, like there's traditional like, this is my product, this is what it does, please buy it, kind of ads. But over the last, I want to say few decades, there's been this switch to... Like what do horses? What do Clydesdales have to do with beer? What does a, a a lizard have to do with insurance? And I know you know the gecko slash geico kind of thing, but it's a common thing where um, who could be more outrageous or or like or give you like it, or with ads? It's like the comedy shtick. Like we're gonna make you laugh, but it takes a lot of geico gecko commercials to get you to remember that it's about an insurance company yeah. versus, you know, uh, I get more bars everywhere, you know, Verizon, AT&T, whatever. Tell me what your product is. Right. And I think that's what may lend itself to get you to a point where you're thinking you're you as an ad agency run the risk of doing what, hear what what they did for for this marketing yeah uh push which is like what you said i don't know what you're selling but that's the norm for advertising we don't really say what we're selling we just put a thing on here and then you're like ooh, it's provoc you know whatever well this is where that problem um starts to spider web out okay so there is no we everybody's divided and so that's the situation. This ad was um, released to the public in all these magazines. Now it's everywhere on the internet, which, you know, it'll be there forever. And now this will be like a black spot, you know, on, on the brand. And nobody's taking responsibility for it. The um, creative director, Demna, is saying that it's, First, he said it was the the photographer's fault. It's the photo- photographer's fault. This is the person that went ahead and took this photo and styled it out and took these pictures. And then people are coming back and they're saying, yeah, I don't think that's right because usually you have to hire a photographer and tell them what you want and then they go ahead and do the job. And you tell them what look you're going for and, and that sort of thing. So the photographer is like the last person on, on that creates the results you know, that maybe the creative department, Demna, that you're a part of, decided on. And then it was, well, no, I was removed. I kind of talked to them about what I wanted. And then they took it and ran with it. And then they gave it to the photographer. And it's like, yeah, but they still have to get that idea approved by somebody who's in charge, which would be you. And then you want to make sure that you run it across to your CEO. So like the blame keeps jumping around. And now um, Balenciaga is suing the production team that went ahead and created the ad. And um, does does the production team work for Balenciaga or was it like an ad company, an ad agent, ad agency? You know, that's a great question. I don't have the answer to that. I would have to look that one up. Okay. Um, but my instinct tells me that they're part of Balenciaga. I don't see them having an ad agency, seeing as how they have a creative director 
and they have somebody that has like control over well, a creative director can hire an ad agency they could but i feel like with them being as high end or was mm-hmm. as they are that all that would be internal um yeah if you want to look that up while i'm um, i'm standing on top of my soapbox i can well no, I mean, I don't think... Cause I was I think just curious. Cause yeah, I, but I, I it's think a good it, point. It speaks to, like, can you sue your own employees for something like that? Or do you sue, like, the ad agency that you contracted with? That's probably... There's a lot to prove there. There's yeah. a lot to prove that you didn't have a say or that you didn't review the proofs either way. One, one of the things that jumps out at me is um, when you say that people are saying, hey, the CEO, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, you have a creative director for them to handle this. But I'm thinking this wasn't going just in the Tallahassee Times. This was a nationwide ad push. The Tallahassee Times is a very recognized publication. Very likely. But they publish in Tallahassee and (laughs) and then that's it, right? Right. So, you know, it'd be the same as if it was like the New York Times is nationwide even though it's New York. Right. But um, it's a nationwide ad push. Probably the start of a multi-ad, maybe a multi-ad campaign right before the holidays, which forget, and it has nothing to do with actually what the holidays is, but the holidays, for ads, there's the holidays and the Super Bowl. Yeah, but usually like by the time it hits the press or by the time it goes to print, it's been like probably nine months in production. mm -hmm. And it's like a baby that, you know, like has to, you know, get approved and then changed and then but you're still buying that real estate so if if it's if it's for a holiday quarter and you're putting this ad out there yeah let's put a child on a bed with a like snm teddy bear and this idea if i mean it's worse if it took nine months that means there's a lot of eyes on it right it dies in january like when you first there's a lot of questions when you storyboard it yeah it's dead so I find it hard to believe that this didn't make it through a chain of people. Yeah, like mm-hmm. a boardroom where you show it off and people are like, "Hmm, oh, this is you know." I that's what I picture. I don't know. Yeah, but that's it. it just it it boggles my imagination to think something you're paying millions of dollars for doesn't get sign off from multiple multiple right. people. Um, it, it's funny because you and I will joke about that sometimes if we're watching a show or if we read something, we'll look at each other and be like, who was in the room that approved this? Like how many people were in there that mm-hmm. said, yeah, this is a great idea. And like how many of those people still have their job like right now? <laughs> and I think, um, not that this brand wasn't already, I wouldn't say a household name, but I mean, it's a, a pretty popular name with celebrities people that could afford it you know like i know i can't like it's an expensive brand and it was uh in that that grouping of high-end brands and things like that and so one of the challenges is that the um since the kardashians came out with their new show show on hulu they have um they were partnering with balenciaga and they just had their episode on thursday about uh, Kim walking the runway for the first time for Balenciaga because she had created a partnership with them, which I think was, um, if, if I remember correctly, it was because of Kanye because Kanye was working with Balenciaga who had partnered with Adidas where Kanye had also partnered with Adidas for Yeezy. So the relationships were built there, right? And then Kanye and Kim divorced, but Kim kept the relationship going with Balenciaga. 
And so she uh, joined a campaign with them to, you know, wear their clothing and market it when she's out and about and she's being seen and being photographed all the time. And, you know, her name carries weight in the fashion world and also um, creates like a buzz around the brand. So I don't know if the brand was going to try to go a little more public and try to get more of an audience. I I can't speak to that. That's what I would think, though, is that um, that would be the reason why they would partner with Kim, because Kim can grab a wider audience. Right. And so now Kim and the Kardashians were being pressured to kind of be that PR person as a voice for Balenciaga um, and speak up or out about what was going on with this, this fo- these photos that were coming out. To defend it or speak out against it? To speak out against it. Okay. And so the pressure was coming from? From the public. Okay. So like, the public yeah, wanted... Because Kim went quiet for a while and that's not like her on her social media to not like okay. post every... As you know, often as she does. And so Kim put out a very carefully worded statement and it didn't denounce what was going on. It didn't um, condemn. It didn't support. It just said, you know, I'm in meetings with Balenciaga. I'm gaining understanding of what their thought process was during this time. And I haven't I haven't been able to do that yet. So I'm not speaking out or for anything yet until I have that conversation. I understand that. Like, and I think... That makes sense. Yeah, and I would think, especially with her contracts that she has with them, that before she, like, drops from a contract, which could potentially put her in a lawsuit, you know, like, that's her brand. And if she drops out earlier than what they expected, especially during a crisis time, um, then that's even like a bigger spider web, right? Yes, it's more attention. All this is attention for the brand, but it's not positive attention. And so I think she was, she was, it was very a PR statement, right? And she might have had her publicist write that out for her, although I think she's competent, you know, to write that for herself. Um, and I don't think it's her job to defend that part of it because I also think that there's different branches of the company, you know, when you have like, the marketing part and like, you know, for the ads and the magazines and stuff like that. And she's doing more runway stuff. So it's, yes, it's the brand name that she's associated with, but until she finds out, like, let me understand this more, the art concept and stuff like that. So I could at least learn and speak to it. She's using the lawyer side of her business and like weighing out like all this stuff. And, you know, how do I feel about this? It's it's called doing your due diligence. Yeah. Which I think... Especially in what we've talked about in past podcasts between leaders and like employees and things like that and doing your due diligence in conversations and before you make a decision um, in like the heat of the moment, uh, impulse control, as we were talking about earlier, uh, making a decision, you know, due to emotion or just because of your group of fans pressuring you to do something. um, You know, I think sometimes you have to slow the pace of the anger and say, okay, now do I think that there's something that could be said that could justify this photo and also justify the release of this photo and justify the blame train that they have going on? No, I don't. I think there's somebody that's going to be made the scapegoat, as they should be, because somebody did sign off on this, right? And I also think um, 
there's a lot of people, there's either going to be a lot of people changing positions in this uh, brand. Um, they're going to have to rebrand it, but I think it's going to start taking the brand down in their value, in their name, in their, uh, in what they have built up. You know, I think, uh, unfortunately, I think you're right, but what I would like to see happen instead of anybody being blamed, and this goes to what we talk about on this podcast with leadership and, um, it also goes to what some of the people that we admire talk about when they talk about leadership. Like I think about uh, people like Simon Sinek. <clears throat> I would like to see somebody step up and, and take responsibility. And, I would like to see that also prior to anybody being blamed. Yeah. And, and not so much in a I'm falling on my sword and I'm and get rid of me kind of way. More so in a way of saying, I'm sorry, I didn't like this is what we attempt to do normally and in this case we miss the mark right because it's possible that like just how i say a whole bunch of people sign off your business is is crazy especially when you're dealing with a a big corporation it's possible that somebody was asleep at the wheel and they just put their initials on stuff because they trust somebody we've been Hmm. there where you go and um like in a job where you're dealing with 50 bucks, sometimes you're like, oh, I trust Jim to count his drawer, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, I'll sign off on it. And then it's short X, Y, Z amount of money. So, I mean, it yep, can happen. And so it's not the end of the world. It's not the death of your brand. It is bad, but just acknowledge it. Say, I'm sorry, and just move forward. And then you, that's how you, like, nobody's going to say, oh, yay, we love you the next day. That's not how it works. But over time, you can say, okay, see, we've, <laughs> we have we committed, and now we've dedicated ourselves to to be, but the let's be honest, like, the likelihood of. I don't think that, <clears throat> I don't think that that's going to be enough um for people to be like oh okay yeah we'll move on and here's why i think part of this did start with um yay kanye uh not this ad but kanye got associated with the brand Mm -hmm. and then kanye's had his moments in the press which we've talked about right now which is separate from this however he was still associated with balenciaga so that's first then this happens Mm -hmm. right and um, there's such a massive um, problem. I mean, there's always been a massive problem with child trafficking and with um, pedophiles and um, terrible things happening to children and underage kids. And, you know, like as Jeffrey Epstein, you know, which uh, was recent and things like that, child trafficking, everything that's happened for a long time, but it's becoming more of a public or it's coming more to light with the public. So to advertise or depict children in ways like this, mm-hmm. uh, especially when the public is more, I don't want to say the W word because I'm not a fan of it, when they're more well, aware. Uh, I hate that term too, but I'm going to say they're more sensitive to it. More sensitive to it, more aware. They're recognizing yes. like this is a problem. Um, not that it should have happened even if the public wasn't aware. But it seems like it's catering towards the deviant crowd, 
right? And it's promoting that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, that you can't really walk away from. Like, especially you have Brooke Shields going on Drew Barrymore recently. And she was talking about how um, when she was 15, she was in very provocative ads and how Barbara Walters made her uncomfortable and sexualized her when she did an interview with her when she was 15 and different things like that. So you're here. It's almost like, you know, the things that you thought back then weren't a problem. And then you hear from the person as an adult when they've come to terms with, wow, that really happened to me. And like, that was really abuse that I went through where that was like really like traumatizing towards me. Now it's like, let's not wait that long in that gap from when it happens to you realizing that then like, Let's not have a gap at all. Let's not have it happen. Let's be aware of what we're doing. Be aware of what the message is that we're sending. And so for that, to to kind of bring it back around, I don't think it, whatever Balenciaga chooses to do, my thoughts are, A, they should not put a statement out in writing. I think it has to come from a person that they have that has been with the company for a while. That's one of the the c-level employees that they have to do something where they have their pr person with them and they are speaking in front of the press they don't have anybody right now that has a name that stands out in in public like you think tom ford you think mark jacobs you know um anna wintour right for for uh Vogue and doing like the Met Gala and things like that. If something had happened associated with Vogue, I guarantee you she can walk around and not say anything and just let it disappear. Like I think Meryl Streep in Devil Wears Prada, like would she have to respond to this? Well, no, because she wouldn't let it happen. She does a preview show of what's going on. She looks at all that, like she's very involved because that's her brand, that's her product and she represents that, right? And um, you don't speak out against like the trivial things or you let them happen, but you don't let it get to this extreme. Somebody is going to have to speak out and they are going to have to take ownership, not falling on the sword, but seriously owning. Yeah, we effed up, but there is no answer that's going to satisfy the public. What would satisfy the public is that entire team unfortunately losing their jobs and their employment um everybody that was involved in that and then cleaning house and bringing in new people now when you say the public do you mean the public like me and you public because I like how you use the Italian hand gestures (laughs) with that like what do you mean well well the reason I ask is because (laughs) you're making me laugh oh the reason I ask is because while we're doing this episode I don't know much about Balenciaga I know the term as it is used in rap songs sometimes I know that there are people there's a lot of songs that are going to need to change their lyrics now newer ones maybe but like while we're doing this episode, and you know, because it's a last minute episode, um, I did w- go ahead and look up the Balenciaga website and I hit new arrivals. Did you but, buy anything? Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they have $5,000 coats. So, well, not... you're not going to get a coat in Florida, let's just be honest. <laughs> yeah, but like, I'm, I'm also not their target demographic. Correct. You know, like, I don't. Uh, you know, I'm not spending nothing on clothes, but like, I'm not I'm not buying a five thousand dollar coat. Right. Even if we were in somewhere cold, I'm not buying a five thousand dollar coat. 
So that, I guess, is the question is, is there a demographic of people who are, and I don't want to say pretentious because that's not what I mean. That's a that's a bad way to say it, but but are like, I guess, counterculture enough to say, I'm going to buy the $5,000 coat anyway. Here's the thing. I think, and I haven't done market research on it. So I, I just want to make that clear that I can't speak to a lot of the analytics and the research based on that. What I will say is that there are the um, high profile personalities that like to have the latest, greatest thing, right? So that's one demographic. Um, They like to represent a brand or they like to introduce a brand or they like to support a brand, whether it's because they have friendships with it or they like the style or it just works for them. Whatever that is, that's that would be like the high profile people right then i would think that there's the next demographic of maybe influencers who are you know able to uh get freebies from the brand and represent the brand and get it out there and say hey that person looks similar to me if they could rock it i want to rock it too so i want that five thousand dollar coat and maybe i'm gonna save up for it because this influencer has it this celebrity has it this is gonna be cool so now i'm the next it's like the the curve that you know um of like you know the top two percent that started and then the people that go next and after and so on i think the next demographic is the people that like to see people and what the styles are and the trends are they may not necessarily purchase it but they're always looking at like hey did you catch that coat that was like in the magazine the other day here let me show you it's by balenciaga da, 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 da. or they catch like these hot sunglasses that somebody has and they're just like, where'd you get those Balenciaga? Oh, you got them over in like the village, you know, and, and <laughs> maybe they're uh, Balenciogos, but they're, like similar because people like this style. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then I think like there's a demographic that's sitting there and, and they're like, no, I can't afford that, but that looks cool. So I think financially, that's kind of where the curve goes. But I think as far as public opinion goes, um I think it travels the opposite way. The people that can't afford it are looking at this like, okay, so now you're the pretentious brand, right? Not the people that wear it, but you're the brand that's pretentious because you have the audacity to charge $5,000 for a coat, right? And then now you have a child on a bed with a, a S&M bear. Are you serious? And you want, like, is this a Wayfair thing? Like, if I buy this coat, you're actually going to send me a kid? Like, that whole conspira- conspiracy theory that went on, mm-hmm. where if you buy furniture, they're really sending you a kid, and that's why the furniture is named, like, after people. Um, that's a conspiracy. Google that. Look that up. Have fun going down the rabbit hole. And then I think the curve keeps changing, so the public opinion becomes the stronger wave until it hits the high-profile personalities, where they're like, oh, if I wear this brand... Now the public is going to think different of me. They're going to think I support this sort of image with children and like this whole pedophile stuff. And like, then they're going to question every move that I make. I have to disassociate myself with this. And so that's not because they were hired to represent the brand. They were just doing what they do, you know, like high profile, creating talk about like their look and, you know, being fashionable at events and stuff like that and creating their own branding. With Kim Kardashian, she's actually working. I don't know if she is today, but she was actually working with the brand to be that person where other people were just like, yeah, I'll buy it because I like it. So um, to answer your question, as far as the demographic, I I think as far as like um, influencing the power of a brand, it starts from the high profile, but influencing 
whether to cancel a brand or to um, speak about how they are viewed publicly, it goes the opposite way with the influence of the public opinion. Interesting. Um, so that's who they would want their messaging to go toward. Absolutely. Absolutely, because you have to get the public on your side because those high profile personalities, yeah, they could still purchase the brand, but a lot of times they're also getting it for free because if David Beckham is wearing something uh, that has your name on it and it's obvious and people follow David Beckham or his style, they're going to be like, oh, wow, okay, yeah, like I want to get that too. Look how sharp he looks. I could look like that. There's still that mentality out there. That's, That's what marketing is. It's like you could be them. You could have their lifestyle. If you look like, dress like, act like, have this, have that, you'll have this all too. It all comes with it. It's like, you know, a Barbie in a box. You get everything. And, you know, oftentimes those same people that are getting the freebies or buying the product and wearing it, they are selling something too. So like an influencer is selling attention or a look and they the you buy it by clicking like on their content. Mm. Um, we we talk about Kim, the Kardashians, they have a brand, but they sell stuff. Right. So eventually you're going to hit somebody who's selling something I can afford and that person I can boycott. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm not buying a $5,000 coat. Maybe I'm buying a $200 coat. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to buy it from this person because this person, you know, through several degrees of separation, that's the person I can affect. Or the person that did buy the $5,000 coat goes ahead and sells it to a consignment shop, mm-hmm. right? And now that coat is couture or, you know, it, it's like off season. Nobody else has it. But, oh, I go in there and like you said, I could buy it for $200 versus the $5,000 and I still keep the brand alive and I bring back the look. And then regenerate the looks and things like that. Um, you know, I think Anne Hathaway said it best in like the Devil Wears Prada when she was like, oh, it's just blue. And then I was Meryl just Street. thinking about that that blue belt. It was, what was it, a blue belt? Yeah, I, I believe it was blue because then um, Meryl Streep goes on the tirade about how that color blue was chosen for Anne Hathaway's sweater. It was about a belt. Yeah. You're right on that. Um, but that's the only part you're right on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> So with something like this, as serious as it is, it's almost like um, it is that serious. And I think it is troublesome because of how much their name has been in the press lately uh, in a negative way. But uh, it could have been a different name. It still would have had the same effect. I think like had it been Target, had it been Walmart, had it been... Anybody else that makes anything, you know, you you use a kid like that with a teddy bear and they have that and then they have like a newspaper article or wording that is associated with, you know, child trafficking or uh, pedophilia or things like that. You're going to cause outrage with the majority of the public except for the people that that caters to. And I don't think as a high fashion or or somebody that represents or a company that represents themselves as high fashion and um, high couture. And, you know, like you want this because you want to be elite, you know, that type of uh, branding that they have. I don't understand what would have caused them to stoop to that level. 
like I said, first of all, I didn't even notice, but that's just because I'm oblivious at this point. If the magazine's not in front of me and it's in a on a website, I kind of like you said, we scroll right through it. So, you know, some of the demographic you're going to miss anyway because they're not looking for that. They're looking for stories in the news. Yeah, um, this definitely will cause me to look at news stories uh, or you know brands and advertising a little closer. Um, but I think. Unfortunately, they didn't think about not only the public, but what about the internal employees? Yeah. And I wonder if there were focus groups done. And if there were focus groups, were they the public or was it employees? I I couldn't imagine. I mean, we, we think of like we think of some people as like living on another planet, but I couldn't imagine anybody just seeing that and being like, "Yeah, that's a great idea," yeah, and and giving it you know whatever the you turn a dial or you can you, you see that in Toys R Us like you know, "Mommy, look, that's the bear from that Balenciaga oh, ad. I want gracious. that for holidays." You know, like it's just um, and I don't even know if they were selling the bear or selling what the bear was wearing or both as a combination. And it's just, it's messy and it's gross and it's unnecessary. And I am not um, somebody that is approved by any means, which is what I was kind of like alluding to before when I was talking about where we grew up and like what yeah. we've been to and, you know, observing art and contrasting different types of art. This is not art. This is just disgusting, just to be honest. And um they re- there is nobody there that can justify what was in their heads. I just don't think that Kim Kardashian needs to be the one that, um, fall, as you said, it falls on the sword for this one. Um, I, I don't think she owes it to anybody to uh, explain right away or denounce right away. I think she's doing the right thing by trying to have a conversation first uh, behind closed doors and not make it public because... Obviously, there's some turmoil going on behind the scenes right now. So there's a lot of things up in the air. And who knows? What if the whole company, what if all the C-level people get wiped out and now she takes over? Let me take over the brand and I will bring it back to life. Because that's what the Kardashians can do. There are still tickets available for our Great to Greater event. If you are in the Central Florida area, go to TiffanyRuffino.com on the events tab and uh you know sign up they're free they are free and it's happening soon and we have a couple of tickets left so go and get it we got all the vendors set up all the speakers they're amazing they're so much fun and they're so ready to network with you help you with your business um give you different ideas give you support and vice versa because you might have some things that are a lot of people out there need so don't hide your gifts come out come meet us And don't forget to like, subscribe, and share.